fact, I want to continue with the message I started. What's in your house? What's in your house? What's in your house? That's the second part. Father, I want to thank you. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you. Thank you for your servants that are here tonight, sitting before you to hear your word. Spirit of God, I pray that you will give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And I thank you, Lord, because you have given us ears that can hear. You've given us ears of, of the Leonard so that we can hear as the Leonard. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And that's all you need. And that jar of oil, we said, is the Holy Spirit in your life. Once you've received the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you have everything that you need to be successful. You have everything that you need not to be in debt. You have every need, everything that you need to have a healthy family life and your children doing well because of the blessings of God upon your heart. House. Notice what this is. What the scripture here says. This man feared God. But fearing God is not in love. He feared God. He was a servant of God. Elisha, the prophet, knew him personally and knew that he feared God. And yet it was in debt. But notice Elisha was not in debt because he knew what he had. They had this in their home and they know. Now, you, your house is your body, your temple. The Bible tells us you are the temple of God. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you? So you, in the mind of God, are a true temple of God. You are the temple of God because you have the oil in your house, the Holy Spirit. You have everything that it takes to be successful in anything that you engage yourself in with the power of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in there, you will be successful. Now, what you need to do is gather the vessels. Gather empty vessels and begin to pour oil in it or in every vessel and you will prosper. But I said the last, in our last me uh, message that if your body is the temple, the most powerful member of your body is your tongue. There is no, your brain is not as powerful as your tongue. There is no part of you that connects with that all than your tongue. Your tongue is the greatest weapon that God has given to you. And with your tongue, you can be successful. And we talked about that last time. And I said that your words depict your walk. What comes out of your mouth is a clear indication of how your life is going. 
the things that I hear you say often places you. The words that come out of your mouth can tell me how your life is going. If you're constantly talking sickness, I know what's happening in your life and it will be evident in your life because of the power of your tongue. Now, the Bible says this in James chapter 1, verse 26. That's where we ended last, last time. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, in other words, if anyone among you thinks, I'm a good Christian, I'm doing life. Being, if you're thinking I'm religious, mean you're thinking I'm a good Christian. That's the way you think. Now he says, if anyone among you, that's everyone sitting here tonight, if you think you are a good Christian, you're doing everything that you know to do with regards to the gospel, and you feel good about yourself because you're thinking, I'm religious, I'm a good person, I'm a good Christian. If you think you are religious and you have no power, you cannot bridle your tongue, it says you deceive your own heart and your religion is useless. <laughs> that Christianity that you're thinking about in your life, that I'm a good Christian, is not benefiting you. That's what he's saying. Your religion is useless. If you cannot bridle your tongue, it's not saying you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be saying anything. In other words, you should be saying a lot. Because the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruits thereof. That means there is fruit for your tongue. And if you discover that your tongue is so powerful and can deliver fruits of righteousness to you, then you will love your tongue because your tongue can change your life. So you begin to speak good things from the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night so that you, are, you know you're able to do what is written in there and so you will make your way prosperous and you will have what? Good success. Your tongue, that's the greatest power that you have. And every one of you, you have it. Because you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You can never be helpless with the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a useless word to say that I'm helpless. No, the helper is in you. Now use your tongue to connect with the helper, the oil that is in you, and begin to pour him out into every area of your life and watch God. Watch what God would do with you. That's the important thing. But if you are not using your tongue right, in other words, if you are not saying the right things, if your words connect with scriptures, they are the words of God. And you know what the Bible says about the word of God, right? The words never return to him void. It doesn't mean only when God speaks it. He has spoken the word to you. If you say it, it's still the word of God. And that word of God will never return to you void. So I want to speak what God says, not how I feel. That's useless religion. You speak what you believe from the word of God because it's going to deliver to you fruit. And it calls, the Bible calls it in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, fruits of righteousness. Fruits of righteousness. And so when the Bible says that man's religion is useless, meaning you're supposed to benefit from your good feelings about living right, right? It's supposed to deliver some goods to you. Your religion shouldn't be useless. 
My religion cannot be useless because God has given me a tongue. Now, if you read in Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, God has given you the tongue of the learned so that you know to speak a word in season to him who is weary. That's the tongue God delivered to you when you became a Christian. And especially after you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Your tongue became supernatural tongue. And that's where the word of God and the spirit speaks in another language through your tongue. And so now God has delivered to you a supernatural tongue. And so we can use our tongue to change the atmosphere and the things around us. So we know what to speak according to the word of God. Your tongue is the strongest law. Your words is the strongest law of faith. Your tongue, what comes out of your mouth, is the strongest law of faith. Because your, your words will give life to your faith. What you say from your mouth will give life to the faith that God has given to you. So your words are very powerful. What you say is, is where everything hangs. You can change your life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 10, the Bible speaking to us about righteousness. I believe it's Romans chapter 10, not 8, right? Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10. Romans 10. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. In other words, there is a thing called righteousness that is of faith. And guess what it does? It speaks. If your righteousness is not speaking, your religion is not speaking, you are not connected with the faith that God has placed in you. So every one of us has been delivered the measure of faith. And it's the faith of righteousness. And so the faith of righteousness speaks. It tells us how it speaks. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, so it's coming from your heart. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, in other words, I got to see him. Amen? I got to see him before I believe. Bring him down. If I don't feel it, if I don't see it, I'm not going to say it. Well, that's not faith then. You got to speak it before you see it. When God created the world, he spoke it before it was seen. He tells you God said and then God saw. And that principle cannot change. It's what you speak that you see. If you can say it, you never see it. If you have doubt in your heart, then you are not operating in the righteousness of faith and you'll never see it. You can change that situation if the word of God contradicts what's happening to you. You say, no, I reject this. I'm going to continue to speak the word of faith. And as you continue to speak the word of faith, the word never returns to God void. And so the spirit of faith begins to create what you're speaking. Just like God said in the beginning, let there be light. That's what you're saying into your situation and light comes in. We got to do it that way. We got to do it God's way. 
Not how I feel, not how I think, but what God is saying, that's the way I've got to do it. If I want to be successful, I've got to do it God's way. And God's shown us how to do it. You speak it, and it appears. So your words is what gives life to your faith. God had all his words, I mean all his faith inside of him. Nothing happens until what he spoke. By faith we know that God created all things. So that's what he's saying. Don't say in your heart who is going to go up to heaven and put, I need to touch Jesus and know he's in the church service with us. Uh, that's not the way faith speaks. If you have to feel it, it's not faith. If you got to see it, it's not faith. If you got to touch it, it's not faith. So faith is something you can't touch. Faith is something that you can't see. Faith is something you can't feel. But when you operate in faith, then you see and you feel and you can touch. But until you operate in the principle of faith, which speaks, you never see nothing. You got to step out. So that's the way faith speaks. Not, no one would uh, uh, descend again into uh, the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? How does, what does the, this principle of faith, what does it say? The righteousness of faith, how does it speak? What does it say? He says, the world is near you. Even in your mouth. Hallelujah. Please say with me, the word is in my mouth. I can't help myself, I got to speak it. Oh, I've got to speak it. It's, it's moving me. You know, one of the old prophets said, I, I ate it and it was like, you know, he felt it. He's got to go prophesy. Amen. It's in you. Once it's, in, it's not in you to say, well, I believe that. That's mental accent. You got to speak it. And your heart will agree. Because if you don't speak it, you speak something else. According to James chapter 1, you deceive your own heart. That's what it says. If you don't speak what God says, your heart will be deceived to believe the lie that's coming out of your mouth. And then the enemy will take advantage of you. He says the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith that we preach. So every time you hear the word of faith, if God's word is true and the word of God is true, every time you hear the word of faith, that thing goes into your heart and it's ready to come out of your mouth. But most of us, people will say, well, pastor, that's right, but, you know, I just want to be real. I mean, I don't feel it. Pastor, I can't lie. I'm telling you, I'm a good Christian and I, I don't want to lie. I'm a real good Christian. I tell the truth all the time. Well, when you're speaking God's word, that's not a lie. When God declares something and you declare the same, who is to judge what a lie is? That's him. If God says that's not a lie, who are you to say God is a lie? Let God be true and every man a liar. So I'm free to speak God's word, not com the, the confession of my feelings. So that's what we need to do. We walk by faith and not by our feelings. So it says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess, the, the, notice the word if. So important. Because you may decide, I believe it, it's there, it's in my mouth, but I'm not going to say anything. Until I feel it, I'm not going to say anything. 
So most of the time, when we pray for people, it's so quick, how do you feel? And then they keep looking for the feeling. Mm. Ooh, I'm back. I feel it. Most of, most of that stuff, before they get to the door, is all over. It's over. The next time, pastor, you know, that prayer you prayed was very good, but I tell you, uh, as I was going home, that thing came back. You heard that? It just came back. They were not fully, they were looking for feeling. And many times, I keep asking people, when they pray for you and you're looking for feeling, what kind of feeling are you feeling, you're wanting to feel? You want to feel it in your head or your, your feet? Or is it a burning thing? Oh, I'm on fire. What, what are you looking for? Or like a fellow said, and God did that for him because he's an, he was an unbeliever. God, I just feel this cold water poured into my heart. So you go to church and you're waiting for this cold water to be poured into your heart. And then pastor screams and preaches all through. And when it's over, that message was not anointed. I didn't feel the cold water. I'm coming back next Sunday. So we need to believe God's word and speak the word. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then he gives you the principle why that is. He gives you the principle, the law of faith, why if you confess and believe it in your heart, God establishes it. He tells you why. He says, for or because. For or because. I'm telling you this, that if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, God will bring you salvation. That word in the Greek is sozo, meaning delivered, set free, made whole, filled. You can call it, put whatever you want in there. In other words, God's going to be good to you. When you speak it, he is going to be good to you. He says if you believe it in your heart and you speak it in your mouth, God will be good to you. He'll give you exactly what you need for your deliverance. The reason why that is, is for or because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. If you want to be righteous with, before God, it's not by doing stuff. The only way to be righteous before God is by believing in the heart about the Lord Jesus Christ. But for he, for it to hit you, for it to come to you in reality, in the natural life, it's got to come out of your mouth. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto deliverance, freedom, God's goodness into your life. So your, your mouth, as a member of your body, that's the greatest weapon you have. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. You're not going to be wrestling with Satan. He doesn't have physical hands like you got, but your words is what tells him that he needs to quit. He needs to stop harassing you. And you have all the power. Heaven, the powers of heaven are behind you. As a child of God, I don't care if you're born again today, 
or you've been a Christian, or you think you're not really doing well, God doesn't abandon you. He's always there with you, especially when you're hurting. God's always there with you, and he wants to do good to you. But if you don't speak your words, if the words of God, the words of faith don't come out of your mouth, God has nothing to come from. Now, there's a principle I want to bring back, bring to you also. God doesn't do anything with us in the natural without us working with him. He says, how can two walk together except they are in agreement? When Jesus will multiply bread, he didn't just do this and pull bread from heaven. That would be a greater miracle, right? The master just did this and bam, bread in his hands. That's magic. God doesn't do magic. He's not involved in stuff like that. What he says is, what do you have? Just like Elisha said to the woman, what do you have in your house? Give me what you have and I'll take it, bless it, and give it right back to you. Multiply it. And for the most part, what we have is his word. And it must come out of our mouth. Now let me tell you this. If you stay, lock yourself up in your room and you're having a problem and you de keep declaring all day long that just the word of God concerning that problem, if you are patient enough to do it, you know the Bible says if we are patient, we will lack nothing, right? If you are patient enough to do it one day, do it the second day. Watch what the devil is going to say. I'm tired of this. I'm out of here. The bondage is going to be broken. I don't care what the addiction is. I don't care what that problem is. If you will be patient before God, let patience have a perfect way. That you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. If you are patient and you keep speaking the word, even though I've noticed when you're dealing with people who are demonized, when you attack, they get violent, right? Because they know their end is come. And so even if it's looking like you're going south, don't quit. That's a clear sign. That's a clear sign to say, well, I, I got him good this time. <laughs> I got him real good. I've cornered him. Because your deliverance is going to come right away if you don't quit. So that's the principle here. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. If you believe, you'll be saying something. If you're not saying something, it means I'm not really believing. Once you believe to the point where the Holy Ghost is at work and God has given you revelation, you want to act it out. You can't stop talking about it. When God has given you a revelation on anything, any, in any subject on, in the scriptures, whether it's healing, tongues, whatever it is, you can't stop talking about it. And as you talk about it, the Spirit of God is watching, and when you act on it, based on your word, it confirms it. So that's how we get free. We've already quoted this scripture, Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He's not saying you should take the book of the law and attach it to your tongue. This book, walking around with Bible, that's not what he's saying. He's talking about speaking it, speaking the word. Don't let it depart from your tongue. Why would God say something like this? Don't let it depart from your tongue. 
Why? Because it's so important that it continues to come from your mouth. Don't allow your tongue to quit speaking what God says. That's what he's saying. He tells you exactly what he wants you to be saying. God is teaching us how to talk. Speak my word. That's what he's saying. Don't let it depart from your mouth. You know when it departs from your mouth? When you now lean on your feeling and you begin to speak more of how you feel than what the word of God says. At that point, the word has departed from your mouth. And you are not going to be successful. This book of the law, that's the word of God. The new covenant, that's the book of the law. That's what we have. Don't let it depart from your mouth. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. You keep saying that even though you are going through difficult times. Sometimes we're talking about these things and people say, does this thing really work? Well, try it. Amen? Try it. You might like it. Try it. How, how else could you know if you've not tried it? <coughs> Excuse me. But with God, God doesn't show up the first day you try it because he knows we've been flaky for a while. And then I've been flaky too. <laughs> and he had mercy on me. Many times I wonder how God put, put up with me, you know, because you get so flaky and you're saying silly things from your mouth. And then finally when he shows you just like he did Job, he said, who is this man? <laughs> you know, you make saying all these things from your mouth. Words without wisdom. Then you immediately realize, oh my God, now you want to change it all. But we need to speak what God speaks. You can never go wrong. I think it's better, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to stay with God's word. And if I have to die, let me die, than to start changing the word of God or allow the word to depart from my mouth because of the circumstances that I'm in. That's what Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do to those three Hebrew men. I know we call them boys, but they were men, really. That's what he wanted. He wanted he, Satan was using pressure to make them change their confession. And they said, no. Even if you kill us, we're not changing our confession. We're not going to bow to your gods. Uh, calm down now, Pharaoh. I mean, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Calm down now. Uh, if you do it right, we'll do it. They didn't do it, go there. They said, absolutely not. We're not discussing this matter with you. We're staying with our God. That was their confession. And if our God, notice what they said. Our God is able to deliver us. They said it from their mouth. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand and from this furnace. Our God is able. But even if he chooses not to, we still will rather die than change our confession. We don't go there. A little pressure, and we've changed our confession. God help me. Because many times, like I said, I have been so flaky, you won't believe it. <laughs> really flaky. And sometimes I get flaky until I catch myself. And I want to write it. It's called good confession. <laughs> God forgive me, please. Because all of a sudden, his presence comes, and he's showing you. 
many times you got to remind yourself. You look up into the sky and you see how awesome this God is. That's my God. So I can have peace. If he can put the stars in place and put them in order the way he's done for these many years, he sure can take care of this little guy. He sure can. So I say, God, I now understand. I'm going to take to your word. That's what David said when I looked at the prosperity of the wicked. You remember that? And I kept saying, oh my God, why, how come they're prospering? They're doing this stuff and, I'm, and they're prospering. And, said, and then he went into God's house. Remember that? And God showed him their end. And he says, thank you, Lord. Not going to think that way anymore. Because when God comes and he opens your eyes, you see clearly. As opposed to thinking in the natural. Because you don't understand everything that God's doing. Don't let the book depart from the mouth. He said meditate in it day and night. And you know what meditate is to continue to speak it to yourself. You know I've spoken the words to myself constantly. Believing God for change in my future. The Lord is my shepherd. I mean you heard me say that. I'm not just trying, I'm trying to protect myself, amen. I say it frequently. The Lord is my shepherd, even in my sleep. It goes on in my head. The Lord is my shepherd. I got circumstances I got to deal with in, according to what I'm saying in my future. But I'm depending on him. Yes, I got no fear. It will be there when I get there. God told uh, Elijah, go to the brook and I'll feed you there not here but there so i tell myself when i get there the ravens will give me the bread that i need there i'm not there yet i don't need the raven to the ravens to bring me bread but when i'm there they sure will bring me bread can i hear an amen that's the way our god works we have no reason to be afraid of anything we have no reason to be afraid of anything and make sure you don't speak your fear because fear is the opposite of faith and the pressure from Satan as he manipulates the circumstances his pressure is to make that thing come out of your mouth that's the pressure worst temptation is to make you do something or act in a way or say something to somebody or to yourself when that pressure comes resist the pressure of saying what God doesn't say about you. Because at that point, God says, your words are stout against me. Because I said this, now you're going by your feelings and you're confessing, well, I want to be real. Well, be real then. Be real. But I firmly believe there is a God in heaven. That's why I'm in the house. I firmly believe there's nothing God cannot do. I firmly believe that God can change any circumstance in your life. I firmly believe that God can transform your situation in one year. God can do that. A thousand years of labor cannot be compared to a day of favor from God. Just one day of favor. It's much more than a thousand years of labor when God decides to show up. So God can meet your need anytime. And he's never too late. 
the problem with the problem we have with God, He doesn't tell you I'm going to be there at the time. So He lets you get to the water edge before He shows up, and that's frightening for both you and I. <laughs> Why, God? You should have told me. If He told you, then you won't be walking by faith. See, the principle is faith. He never told Moses when you get to the Red Sea. This is what's going to happen. Pharaoh's guys are going to be coming. Did he know they were coming? He knew. And all you need to do is take your rod and all of that. He didn't tell him until he got there and everybody was crying. What are we going to do now? And God says, this is what to do. He'll meet you right there. Amen? He'll meet you right there at the point of your need. God will meet you right there. Let's speak the word. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. This book of the law, speak it day and night. Meditate. In other words, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be what? Pleasing to God. That's what you need to do. Even though you're hurting, you allow the, your thought to go on, yes, God, I acknowledge what I see in the natural, but I know what your word says. I know what your word says. I know what your word says. If you do that, you will have a testimony. Your trial will be turned into a testimony. If you speak the word of God. That's the way God likes it. He allows you to go through trial. Because your trial will then be turned into a testimony. And we overcame him. How? By the word of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of our testimony. You render Satan powerless in your life. Frustrated. Scratching his head and pulling his hair, wondering, how am I going to deal with this man? He assigned one demon to you, that's not enough. He assigned ten, he said, Master, we're not doing, we can't touch this fellow. Well, I'll give you twenty. Twenty is not enough. You need the whole battalion, whatever. Because this guy is tough. Why? Because you have a double-edged sword with your tongue. And Satan cannot, ha cannot handle that. See, in the scriptures, the Bible says very simple principle which in Numbers chapter 14. This is a key principle. It seems like a story. Many times the way God does his mysteries, he weaves it into a story in the Old Testament. And if you, God gives you understanding, then you gain a principle to know that this is the way God works. God told Moses, say to them, tell them, as I live, in other words, if God remains God, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. So God's listening. And the enemy also is listening. How do you receive the Lord? By telling him, right? To come into your life. You give him permission. And Satan knows to leave. God's listening. You can never speak anything in relation to the word of God and it not be recorded in heaven. Never. Never. He's always listening. He tells us, ask, 
and you shall receive, right? Knock. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. So once it comes out of your mouth, he's sharing you. And no word goes unnoticed. That's why Jesus said, every idle word that a man shall speak, he'll give account of it on the day of judgment. Because your words are not just idle. They're doing something to you and those that are hearing it. Why else would you give account for something you just said? I was joking. And God says that was an idle word. He cut, he cut into your child's life and hurt your child. You're going to give account for that word. We speak, but whenever we speak God's word, we always speak the right thing, right? This is what to speak. This is what to speak. Abraham learned that lesson. And Abraham was good at this. It tells us in Romans chapter 4, Abraham is regarded as the father of faith. You heard that term. He's the father of faith because he started with Abraham. I don't know what God saw in Abraham among everyone that was alive at that time, but I'm sure, I'm sure he saw something in Abraham that Abraham knew that everything around him wasn't really God. The God that his father was serving, he knew that wasn't God. He knew God was different. He had faith in God, and God picked him out and said, through you, I'm going to show the rest of the world how to walk with me. And Abraham, God called Abraham his friend. That was God's friend. There's a lot of things you can look into in scriptures, how God walked with Abraham. You know Abraham gave Isaac in the covenant that he had with God on the altar? God replaced that with a lamb. But as far as God was concerned, Abraham gave his son. Didn't help, he helped the Jews. Didn't help too much. But then when God decided he was going to do it for Abraham and everyone who comes under the Abrahamic covenant, he did it when he sent his son. So the principles surrounding Abraham, you really need to look at it very carefully. Because that's where you find how God truly works. He was before the law. And Paul will always refer to the time before the law as the, thing, the way God wanted it. Even though Abraham wasn't perfect, he was yet righteous. God declared him righteous before him just as he declared us righteous because of faith in Jesus Christ. So it's the same principle. But look at what Abraham learned. And we need to know this. In, in uh, Romans 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Who made him a father of many nations? God. Abraham didn't make himself. In the presence of him whom he believed. You see, God made him, and the word attached there in his presence, notice what made Abraham the father of many nations. His faith. It was, this was done in the presence of him whom, in whom Abraham believed. May God make you a father or a mother of many nations. Reaching out to the world. God made him a father of many nations. The one in whom he believed, that's God, who gives life to the dead. And calls, so he gives you a principle. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. 
How is that related to Abraham? Why is God telling us that this is who I am and then he tells you about Abraham's faith? Basically, he's telling you this is the same way Abraham operated with God. So God has to let us do it, to believe that, to know that. So now, after saying God calls those things which do not exist as though they did, he goes back to Abraham. Do you know, see what the switch? Back to Abraham as if Abraham was the one doing this stuff, right? Who, contrary to hope, contrary to what hope? He couldn't have, he was using his words, just like God did. So God's putting those two together to help us understand. Abraham understood God's principle of faith. God caused those things which do not exist as though they exist. Abraham was doing that. God talks about what he does, and then he says, Abraham, contrary to hope, believed. And you know the principle of faith? First, Second Corinthians 4, verse 13, as it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. So before, against hope, he spoke, he believed, so that he became the father of many nations. God did it, but his faith, which includes speaking, they made it happen in the natural. Abraham believed that. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since, the, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He wasn't speaking unbelief. He didn't have to discuss it. He knew what he believed and kept going on with what he believed. But he was strengthened in faith. How? The more he spoke it, the more faith his words gave him, gave life to his faith. He kept saying it. Notice Abraham's name was Abraham, right? And God changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. So every time Abraham meets you, my dear brother, he's not going to tell you the name that his father gave to him. He says, hi, Aaron, my name is Abraham, the father of many nations. He was making his confession. God helped him. Amen? Well, I'm, I'm really Abraham, but God gave me, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He told you what God, when God changed his name, he never went back. He knew those, well, he's lost his mind. He's calling himself father of many nations now, but he doesn't even have a son. That would discourage you. So that's where we go. We try to compromise. You know, my name is really Abraham, but God said I should call myself. You're trying to explain it. Please, people. He didn't do that. I am Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. The more he said it, he was strengthened in faith. He was strengthened in faith. He was strengthened in faith. So as he got strengthened in his faith, he wasn't concerned. Now we all think that Abraham is not like us. He, 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 was, he came from heaven. No, he was just a man like us. Before long, he was thinking, 
Sure, I'm a hundred years, but as God said it, I even feel it now. Because when you see it, you feel it. Amen? And he was saying, he wasn't considering his dead body, I'm going to have a son. They already picked the name for the son, right? God told them. That's the way it's got to be. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. In other words, unbelief is when you hear it, you believe it. But now, whatever circumstances come into your life, you begin to change your confession. And once you change your confession, you've lost it. He didn't waver. Did he consider it? For sure. Because if he's not considering his body, he was thinking about it, right? But he decided, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to stay with what God said. All things are possible with God. He was fully convinced. He was fully, excuse me, <coughs> I need to drink some water. Pardon me tonight. He was fully convinced. God, help me to be fully convinced. I've got to be fully convinced. And these things are spiritual. That's why we pray. God, you help me to be fully convinced. Can, I say that? Can you say that? God, help me to be fully convinced. Paul said, I planted and Apollos watered. Was he planting seed? Planting corn? No. How did he plant? Words. Words. That's how Paul planted and got so many souls, lives transformed, changed, powerful ministers born out of his words. I planted, Apollos watered. Could he have watered? Yes, in many instances he watered. How did Apollos water the people? By his words. Your words can water your life. Your words can plant a new seed in your life. Your words can water that seed and make it grow. Your words can make that seed produce. Just like his word produced many great prophets in the New Testament. Many great men of God, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Paul's words gave birth to all of those. Your words are seed. Stand up with me tonight. Your words are seed. Your words are seed. You can change your circumstance by the words that you speak. You got to be fully convinced. A double-minded man, double man is unstable in all his ways. And let not that man think he'll ever receive anything from God. But God has ordained us to receive everything from him. Can I hear the word everything? God has ordained you to receive everything. And that's what we're going to read. Say to the Lord today, I'm fully convinced. Thank you, Father. Yes, we are fully persuaded. We are fully convinced. We are the children of the living God. The Spirit of God lives in us. We cannot be defeated in any score. Satan cannot defeat us. No matter what is brought against us, even if you have doubts in your mind, I pray to the Lord today, the doubts and unbelief, they have been taken away from your life because God's goodness is upon your life. God's favor is upon your life. God wants you to succeed in life. 
and everything that is coming against your success is against the word of God, but God's word will always prevail and you will succeed in Jesus' name. You will succeed in Jesus' name. The anointing of the Holy Spirit will make that happen in your life. You will succeed in every area of life as long as the Father is alive and Jesus is seated by the Father's right hand. There is no way you can fail. No devil will cause you to fail. No devil will do that. I declare tonight that you are free and that you are being watered by God. You are like a tree planted by the rivers of water because God is watering your life. Good things are coming your way. God's blessings are coming your way. Abundance from God coming your way. Freedom, total freedom your way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing your people from the least to the greatest. No one left behind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your great blessings upon our lives, for your goodness and your mercy upon us. Thank you. God bless you. We're dismissed.